Welcome to the third in the series of Coffee Pods, a coffee break length look at some of the challenging questions in the Christian healing ministry. We've called this series The Good, The Bad and The Ugly as we look at some of the difficult and darker questions about healing. So whether you're an espresso, an Americano, a latte or a cappuccino, there is something here for you. So put in your earbuds, grab your coffee mug and let's go. Welcome to this new series of Coffee Pods. In this series, we're answering some of the questions that you've sent in. And today's question is, is there any logic to God's response to healing? It was sparked by questions like, why don't we see more healings and miracles? Why does God apparently not heal sometimes when we ask him? And the age-old question of why do some sort of trivial prayers appear to get answered quickly and easily, whereas the more difficult ones uh, don't? It is quite a challenge, to be honest, to always try and find some logic behind how the healing ministry pans out. You tend to be juggling a number of conflicting issues at the same time. Your theology, whatever that might be, uh, your compassion for those who are looking to God for healing, particularly when you happen to be one of the few people praying who are present. Your own emotions, both your highs and lows when things happen and when they don't. And of course, the expectations of others. There are probably other issues too, but they all take some spiritual discipline rather than ignorance or avoidance to keep things the right way up. The uncertainty of all of this has caused some people to determine that we're not supposed to expect healing this side of the grave. Or if we do, then we just pray God's will be done because it's nothing to do with us. I genuinely understand why some people choose not to get involved in the healing ministry. It can be just too painful when things do not work out and hopes, yours and others, appear to be dashed or disappointed. It's a feeling that I know, especially as I've done standing at the graveside of a friend having taken the funeral service. In those moments, we often end up asking the why questions, the what did we do wrong questions, the should we have prayed harder questions. All understandable, but the wrong questions, yet for the right reasons. You see, we are hardwired to seek out meaning. It's one of the consequences, the products of being made in the image of God. We are biased to create order, as God did in Genesis chapter 1, particularly with the random bits of life. In moments like these, we're simply trying to find a way forward so as not to give up our hope and therefore our involvement. As a church, we prayed for one of our congregation who was facing a battle with cancer. The church prayed 
together every weekday at 6.30am and every Saturday at 7.30am for 18 months. There was an incredible grace upon the whole church, even on the I'm not a morning person people. We saw some incredible answers to prayer along the way, and undoubtedly it changed the church. But it was a battle that we ultimately lost. And if you want my honest opinion in the light of what I've just already said, we were robbed. In a matter of less than a month, the situation had so flipped on its head that the end looked so dramatically different to where we had stood just a matter of days before. So we have had to battle with the very questions that sparked this coffee pod. And in fact, in Acorn, we have to do that, you know, every day. In fact, one of my good friends in the church said to me after the funeral, don't ever ask me to pray for anything ever again. The loss and the defeat hurt too much because the person was very precious to us and still is, even after all the passing years. And of course, the truth is for us, every person is precious. My friend did pray again for others, we all did, but with a deeper perspective. In fact, for many of us, we came out of those days with a stronger conviction and a greater confidence that Jesus was the healer because we'd experienced the opposite and knew that this was not the way that he would want it to be. Jesus weeping at Lazarus's tomb. What, why did he weep? Well, he knew he was going to raise him from the dead. Jesus wept because this was never the way it was supposed to be. And yes, there are questions about the will of God. There are questions about timing. But sometimes we turn those into questions about his motives and about his love and about his generosity and his caring for us. And for me, those questions are never answered by that particular route. There is a consistency about what I know about God, about who he is, about what his longings for humanity are. So I had to find other ways of understanding what was taking place that would not rob me of faith, but would fuel it and help me find a way of keeping moving forward. I first of all had to get comfortable with not knowing the answer to every healing situation yet. I know that God will satisfactorily answer every question when I get to heaven, if I still need him to. I know he will dry every tear, but I might not get it all here all the time. But I'm comfortable with not knowing because I'm comfortable with trusting in God's goodness and wisdom and mercy, even for the things I cannot see. On one occasion, I was driving through Norfolk, which you'll know is often very flat, um, quite late at night after doing some uh, meetings, and I was driving back to London. 
And the country lanes, they have little dips in them. And I'm arguing with God about these sort of issues as I'm driving home. And the voice of God speaks to me and says, um, Wes, why do you keep driving? And I said, what? And he said, well, if you look at the road, and as I did, I could see that only like four or five white lines appeared because the road then dipped and it disappeared. And I drove that little distance and saw some more white lines, but then they disappeared in another dip in the road. And he said, why do you keep driving? And I said, because I know the road is there, even though I can't see it. And in that sense, that's one of the things that helps me here. I don't know all the answers, but I keep driving. I had to decide whether I'm only going to get involved in the healing ministry if I'm guaranteed success or whether I'm involved because I'm called and I'm going to be obedient. I had to realise that the healing ministry is more a marriage than an occasional date. This is a lifestyle which requires us to live 24, 7, 365 in such a way that it expresses who we are, not just what we do. And I know that in that process, we grow in this ministry. I know that the disciples got stuff spectacularly wrong and that Jesus had to put them, like us, right. But it interested me that they did not let other things compete with their focus on Jesus. They were with him all the time, watching questioning, following, learning, believing. And perhaps that's something that we have to adopt in the church in relation to this ministry. I had to realise, as I've hinted, that we could get better at this. Just like as a young Christian, the church taught me that I could get better at praying. I could get better at witnessing. I could get better at serving. And yes, certainly I could get better at behaving. And perhaps I could get better at the healing ministry, too. I understood that I had to take some responsibility on earth for God's will to be done. Not that I took it over and told God what to do, but he was asking me to share with him in his will being done on earth. And in fact, if you think about it, that's what the Lord's prayer reveals to us. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I was always taught as a young Christian that prayers were not just the words we prayed, but they were also sometimes the actions that sprang from those prayers. And I decided to focus on the believers. It wasn't my job to convince the doubters, both inside and outside the church, because the only pressure that I needed to feel was the pressure of God's hand on my life, not the pressure of circumstance or questions. My biggest challenge is like golf. Now, I don't play golf. I hit golf balls. And there is a world of difference between those two things. I know there's a difference because I have two sons-in-law who play golf and play it extremely well. The thing about golf is that I can hit one shot and it flies through the air and lands on the fairway a decent distance away with a nice lie. That's a golfing term 
not an untruth. But I can play the exact same shot next time around, and I have the deep frustration of sending more grass through the air whilst the ball remains absolutely where it was first of all. Why? I don't know. I did the same thing I did the time before, but I got a different outcome. And perhaps you're going to say to me, well, where's the answer's simple? You just need to play more golf. You need to practice and get better at it. And perhaps I could say the same thing to us about the healing ministry. Perhaps we just need to pray more for more people so that we can grow in cooperating with God in getting his will done on earth as it is in heaven. Yes, in my lifetime, I've seen God do some wonderful things. And yes, in my lifetime, I'm looking to see even more being done. But, you know, in the end, it just begins with praying for the next person who comes along and drawing them into the healing presence of Jesus and cooperating with God that his will might get done on earth as it is in heaven. So as we come to the end of this uh, coffee pod, why don't we just take a moment to pray? Whether this subject has spoken to you because of your own situation or because of somebody else, let us just in this moment ask God as we join with him in sharing responsibility for his will being done. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your healing power. Thank you that today you are already at work in our lives and that today you are already present with us, even in these moments, as we reach out to you. Heavenly Father, I ask in the wonderful name of Jesus, because of our relationship with him, that in body and mind and spirit, your power would now be at work within us. Lord, to release healing, to release wholeness, to bring your miraculous love at work in us today, that in body and mind and spirit, our situation, our bodies, our lives will experience the flowing of your love and your grace and your power on earth as it is in heaven. Holy Spirit, thank you now that you are at work in us in the name of the Lord Jesus. And these things we celebrate and give you thanks for, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. And we look forward to the pleasure of your company uh, next time round. Thank you for joining us today on Coffee Pods. We hope that it has inspired and stimulated both thought and action. You can send any further questions to info at acornchristian.org. And for further information on events, getting involved and supporting ACORN, go to our website at www.acornchristian.org. Thanks ever so much.